0: Hello, and welcome back to the Chase Doesn't Know podcast. As always, thank you so much for downloading these episodes and listening to them. That means a lot, and uh, if you want to drop a review or five-star rating, that would be appreciated too. But I really want to give a massive thanks to my good buddy, Matt Long, not only for being on this episode of the podcast, but also for closing my house or doing the title work or whatever you call it for my new house last week. Uh, Yes, he helped me buy a new house, so thank you for that, Matt Long. Uh, As you may have guessed from the sentence before, Matt Long is an attorney. Um, He went to law school after we were at the same college, Louisiana College, a few years back. Uh, Became an attorney and worked in a couple different areas before now being a title attorney and the head attorney at the Fleur de Lis title office in Lafayette. Matt Long is a really cool guy, um, very smart and loves to argue. So I was excited to chat with him. I knew it would be an easy chat and we go pretty deep on a couple different topics. I had a lot of dumb questions about the legal system and some things along those lines. So you might enjoy hearing those questions being answered. But uh, again, a big thanks to Matt Long and thanks to you for listening to this episode. Without further ado, Matt Long. We're talking about, I uh, pushed record by the way, we're talking about Matt Long uh, twerking on TikTok. They got tons of views. I mean, I
1: thought that's what people did on TikTok. <laughs> when I watch TikTok, typically that's what I see. Right. People twerking or people mimicking and doing voiceovers. So are, so are you a TikTok user? Uh, that's my. Fir- that was my first TikTok video. How'd I do?
0: Great. You're well <laughs> on your way to stardom. That was my first
1: <laughs> TikTok video. I get sucked in like everybody else does though. I mean... You can sit there and watch TikTok. tock the, the first
0: time hours. i downloaded it i was just to see how it worked i was watching videos and then like 45 minutes later i was like holy crap this app is amazing and because it just you just so easy to go through video after video yeah i had
1: uh i was having lunch with a realtor this it was either this week or last week and she was like i watched TikTok, but i set an alarm on my phone right. for 30 minutes that's smart when the alarm goes off, I have to get off TikTok. Otherwise, I mean, an hour will go by and yeah. you don't even realize that you're on your phone. I have the, uh,
0: you know, the screen time on your phone? I have yeah. that on like my home screen now so I can see oh, throughout yeah. the day, like how much time I'm on my phone. Do you just keep a running total of screen time? Yeah, well, it's just the app, you see. Yeah,
1: what happens if you get to like four hours, oh, five hours of screen
0: time in the first day? That's usually like by 1 p.m. I'm at four or five hours for sure. That's my job oh Actually, yeah, that's, i guess that's an what is the weekly report gives you what an average your daily my week, usage? so my week right now i'm pulled it up my daily average is seven hours seven minutes you're making me feel better <laughs> about my usage <laughs> but see that uh, 11 hours this past week is of youtube i always have youtube on my in my car just like yeah wh- you know, not watching videos because I'm driving. Of course, but listening to videos, eight hours of Spotify, but then seven hours of Instagram. But it's for it's my job. I'm, I do marketing, so yeah. it's I'm on it a lot during the day. But I had that on there because I do kind of get depressed whenever I see like five or six hours and it's like two p.m. I'm yeah, like, gosh, I need to stop. <laughs> that's I mean, that's what I've done all day. I've been on my phone all day, right?
1: But the Sundays one, the Sunday one, really gets me whenever it gives me my. uh my weekly report oh, and right, on Sundays. I'm like up. I already probably have the scariest anyways because it's Sunday, and then you hit me with
0: that. It's just not how, It's just not what I want on Sunday. Right. <laughs> so what is um? I so all right. We I told you I didn't tell you what we were going to talk about really, but Cause nothing. Because, I asked you to tell me what we were going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, because but you we're going to talk about everything. <laughs> so um, but we could start with what you're doing currently because we're sitting in the office, uh, Fleur de Lee Title in Lafayette, um, and you're a lawyer, which is. It's super you know unfamiliar to me that whole territory i know most lawyers are douches and you don't like them and they're annoying and you were always kind of a douche a little I bit. i didn't say that uh <laughs> um, words but it was like I see i don't remember what i just remember back in, in college you always arguing about absolutely nothing and then everyone always saying that you're going to be a perfect lawyer and now 10 years later you're a lawyer um so tell me like what you're doing right now but then I want to ask I want you to walk me through law school and like what all you did and when you decided you want to be a lawyer and all that stuff. Yeah. So Flirtily title we're in the office. Um, it's on
1: Camellia Boulevard in Lafayette. This is just one branch of, I believe we have 12 branches now, um, up and down interstate 10 and 12. Our corporate headquarters
0: is in Hammond. Is that the strategy go up and down 10 and 12, open up new offices?
1: I think it's much, much broader than just I-10 and I-12. Okay. <laughs> um, we have our, we open, opened or are opening our first office in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Cool. So we have a Mississippi licensed attorney now. Uh, and we have an Ocean Springs, Mississippi office. First one that's outside of the state so far. Um, so we'll see where it goes. We'll see how far yeah, yeah. we can get with the expansion. And what do y'all do? Real estate closings uh, was the initial primary focus, so commercial, residential, uh, any closings on property, homes, things like that. And then uh, we've also expanded now to we have a full civil division, which is entails a lot of things that kind of spin off or are ancillary to A real estate transaction so first one that comes to mind is always succession well you know a lot of times we'll we'll, uh so you can like
0: draw up wills and stuff like that. draw up
1: wills absolutely i need to do
0: one of those actually
1: well maybe we just got some business out of this podcast (laughs) you're welcome Uh, we do yeah so wills estate planning successions all those things um llc formations business formations contract drafting contract review uh, a thriving civil department really that's headed up by some great civil attorneys who are awesome at what they do um, so we really expanded into a lot further than just your real estate transactions mm-hmm. uh, It was flirtily title company whenever i just whenever I first started a year ago. we are now flirtily law and title, okay, um, cool because we have the capability and the resources to handle you know we always say we want to be your lawyer for all of your needs, not just when you buy your house, mm-hmm. but also when you get ready to do your will, or whenever one of your loved ones dies, we want to be able to handle all those things, and we can handle all those things. So hopefully people think of us as their first. So what
0: are doll. you doing every day? Is it, is it mainly closings and stuff?
1: Yeah, I typically, so I manage the Lafayette branch, um, and, and I'm, gonna cl- I'm a closing attorney for the Lafayette branch as well, but also go out, uh, build relationships, get out into the market. Um, that's a big part of what we do, because most of, our closings and files are referral dependent they come from real estate agents they come from mortgage lenders bankers Um, so a lot of the day-to-day stuff that i do in addition to just to doing the closings because i like to handle all of my files and i try to do every one of my closings if i'm available Uh, that doesn't always happen but i like to be the one that's dealing with the real estate agent or the client, they sent the file to me. I like to be the one at
0: the closing Doing table that's it. closing the file, right? Right, for sure. And you're in real estate. You everybody, know likes it the, everybody likes the call that they make to ask yeah. somebody to help them, that person to not pass you off to someone for else. For sure. So the continuity too. So yeah, yeah. they
1: tell their clients, you know, uh, Matt's going to be the one that's handling the file. You'll meet him at the closing and then I don't show up. <laughs> what does that look like yeah. for me? You know, I don't have time to make it to the closing. So... Uh, do the closings, do the marketing, build the relationships, uh, and also help the, the office run and manage the office day-to-day activities as well, making sure that our files are uh, on track. So and the new person that y'all just got over here is an attorney? Yes, Okay. he's an attorney. Um, he's got three years of real estate title experience. So he was working for a title firm down in the of Thibodeau area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his family's from Lafayette, or his wife it, I think sorry. we might pull that mic a little bit closer. His wife's...
0: There you go. Nice. This is some really I smooth put my, sound My now. headphones on. We got to get real smooth. All right. Jordan Meissner is jealous of these. I'll take it down microphones. A notch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But he's from the Homaggiobido, Thibodeau, okay. Thibodeau area. Yeah, yeah. His wife's family's from here. So, so they I think they're kind of him. Yeah, kind of ready to move back to this area too. And it was a good fit for us because he comes in with experience. You know, he can hit the hit the ground running.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so um for Lack of a better word, real terms. I'm buying a house right now. I'm using Florida Lee title. Not you, unfortunately, because we're an hour away. It's okay, though. Uh, did you get a ref- referral, by the way? Did you get credit, or do we need to text Jared? Cause it- text Jared. Okay, I'll text Jared. i
1: already text him, but you need to text right, him. right, I'll text Jared. Make <laughs>
0: sure Matt Long gets the credit for me.
1: So that's how... That's uh, Yeah, I mean, we, we, do, we can just because a file is over in Baton Rouge or it's in Hammond or in Covington because some of these mortgage lenders will get files all over the state uh and just because I can still work the file from here all of our everything we do is pretty much cloud-based I can still work a file in New Orleans all right
0: so this so this is what I wanted to ask you so like there's this whole process everybody knows like you find a house on Zillow you like it you go walk through it all that makes sense to most people they're like yeah I want to buy this house But then that whole process between where you decide you wanna buy it to you get the keys, it's like nobody really knows what's going on. It's like lawyers like you and mortgage people over here and then like these air quotes, these mysterious underwriters like back in the corner of some building doing weird paperwork things. And then finally you get all this stuff so what so I guess without we don't wanna bore anybody because certain certain people will be bored by paperwork and laws, but what exactly do you have to do as the closing attorney to get me to the point where I can get the key to the house.
1: Let me see if I can sum this up as quickly as possible. love it. Because there are a ton of moving parts. So from the time you say, I want to buy this house, and you sign a purchase agreement, and the seller accepts your offer, and you go under contract, a ton of moving parts have already been in place from a lending side and a real estate, a realtor side. Um, But then you have a whole other set of moving parts that... Uh, are kicked into into play once that happens. So from the attorney perspective, what we're doing is gathering information on the front end and reviewing and looking at the chain of title to that property. Meaning we want to know who bought it last, who mm-hmm. sold it last. Mm-hmm. We want to track those conveyances back and make sure uh, that they've What's all been done properly. A transfer, okay. so a sale. Okay. It doesn't necessarily. I say that it's not always a sale. It's a transfer. It could be a succession. Someone could have gotten it. Or donation. Or donation. It could have been a succession. It could have been a community property partition. If it came out of a divorce, something like that. So we want to know how the property was conveyed or transferred and if it was done properly. So if it was, and you track those back and make sure that it was done properly, then uh, we basically tell the lender, okay, we've we've checked the title to the property. It is clean and here's the information for you to send to your underwriter. So once we, once we give them that information as quickly as we can get them that information, then we get it back to the lender and the mysterious underwriters, (laughs) enter.
0: (laughs) Can you tell me who the underwriters are? Underwriters are
1: are basically investors. for just calculating the, the calculating the risk, the risk of right?
0: R- giving somebody money to buy a house.
1: We're gonna give you two or three hundred thousand dollars. We want to make sure that we've got the right interest rate. That we're gonna get our money paid back. Okay. Uh, that they're not gonna calculate any losses. So a bunch on of
0: nerds it. that like accountants went to school or whatever, and they're just I didn't call them nerds. You did, out in but... back, and <laughs> always yeah. thought. I mean, I'm f- obviously a lot more familiar with the process now, having yeah being an agent and working in real estate and all that. But always hear like the first time we bought our house years ago, our first house. Uh, you know, it was like everybody just kept saying underwriter and under, but nobody ever knows who they are. And so anyway, it's kind of yeah. like a people become more familiar whenever they do the process, I right. guess. But so what, uh, so you go all the way back if I'm buying this house and it's like 50 years old, you go all the way back to when it's built and see exactly like who bought it and sold it and however many times. And it all just that? De- it just depends. Um, so you don't always have to go that far back. You don't
1: always have to go that far back. I mean, if there's been two conveyances from 1950 up until, it's being sold or the last, the seller bought it, then yeah, you'll
0: go back 50 years. If that happened a hundred years ago, then you went back a hundred years. Um, so you just got to go back a couple times to, or a few times. Pretty much. To make sure. Can you see, so the, so who, in, who actually gives the okay that it's like, like everything's up straight up and board. Or whatever that's why you need is. an attorney. That is, that's, that's what you
1: do. Yes. That's what requires the attorney. Okay. To look at all of the legal documents
0: that have been filed, on that piece of property and to make sure that they've all been done correctly so that it so you have to make sure it's done correctly so someone later can't come back and say you don't really own this house exactly because of whatever okay so what's 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 like i'm assuming that 97 percent of the closings there you have all clean titles right for the most part in residential
1: yeah i guess clean is kind of i mean that's the word that everybody uses but i mean you Expect to find at least one open mortgage on most properties because the owner, current owner of the property probably hasn't mortgaged. Um, judgments pop up here and there that some of those owners have on them, whether it be credit cards or other things that have to be cleared out as part of closing. So um, those are some conditions that have to be met before it can be transferred. But yeah, I mean, most of the time you don't see, you don't see anything that can't be cured. Most everything can be cured. It may take some some issues may take more work than others.
0: What's like a common issue besides somebody's mortgage that Just you see? Other judgments, credit cards. Oh, uh, like liens against it. Liens, other liens
1: against the property. Okay, um, so those have to be resolved. Like- those have to be resolved. Sometimes those liens can uh, outweigh the. Purchase price or equity in the house, and when that happens, sellers have to bring money to closing. That sucks. Whether they can or can't bring money to closing could be detrimental, right, uh, to a deal going through. Things They're like upside that. down. They're it. Upside down. Yeah,
0: the mortgage alone <laughs> may not
1: put them upside down, but you know, you get a seven, eight thousand dollar credit card judgment on the property, uh, right, and then you can quickly become upside down.
0: Um. All right. So we might come back to some of that, but I want this is one thing. That's I did, boring. That's the boring. That's stuff. the boring stuff. We might come back to some of the, glad we stuff. hit that first. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm that's <laughs> what, that is also, I think I may have told you, and I say this probably on every episode I've recorded, but I started this to get better at talking with people and and like articulating my thoughts and asking questions and things, but then also to learn about things I don't know much about. Yeah. So I'm totally fine with being boring because I don't care people listen to this, who cares if they're bored, I'm having fun. So good. that's the main thing, but we might come back to the boring stuff because that is a little boring.
1: Reviewing and examining title, is extremely boring.
0: I've, I've actually done that. Like, I've gone... Abstracting. A lot. Yeah, like, yeah. looking up the titles in the clerk court, and I've actually gone downtown in the basement to the clerk court and pulled the old 1930s record, like, just different things. It's kind of fun, but also super boring most people it can right? get monotonous and for yeah. sure yeah, the
1: yeah. average person does not want to go yeah yeah, yeah. abstract a property in the courthouse no. and <laughs> tell um, you who bought and sold it for the last 50 years
0: so this is what i wanted this is one thing that i did not tell you at all i was going to ask you and i don't know how familiar you are with this thing uh this whole space or whatever but i want to see if you see anything coming down the road in terms of real estate so cryptocurrency the blockchain, the NFTs and all this stuff. Do you have any, or how familiar are you with that world? Not, not very. Okay. I'm Um, not super familiar either. I'm like kind of.
1: I don't even know if I would call it a surface level knowledge on it. Okay. Um,
0: All right. Well, let me give you this example then. All right. To give you an idea. So, and I told my wife last night, I was like, I can't wait to tell Matt Long about this thing because he's the type of person that is going to say, what the F like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I can't, so
1: I don't have any crypto, but if you wanted to give
0: me some, I would take it. I'll put it to you that way. That would be smart. (laughs) All right, so I do have some cryptocurrency, but... I, I knew that before you, yeah, before so do you, you have, started. Do you own, uh, have you heard of NFTs? Yes. Okay, so this is what I was wanting to ask. Michaela
1: Moroni's selling one for like a million dollars right now. Is that the gymnast? Resting bitch face, yeah.
0: She And she's selling it for a million dollars? I think so,
1: somewhere, something like that.
0: Wow, that's pretty legit. <laughs> it's all branding, though. That's why you got to keep TikToking. Um Okay, so NFTs, right? Okay, so do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? I'll try to explain this. People are going to be bored. It's fine. Uh, I he, do not. Okay, he's like a he's basically a, uh, he's a biz, big businessman, but he's got a big social media personality also. Um, so he did an NFT drop. I know who he is? Gary V. Gary V. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gary I know v. him as Gary V. Okay, so Gary V. So he did an NFT drop a few months ago where he basically it's like child's art, but he drew these little characters, but it looks like a five year old drew it. And so he digitized the these arts, and there's different versions of each one, and different levels, and different counts. So in total, there's ten thousand digital. NFTs that he released to be bid auctioned off and bid on. So I got one of them for at the time when I bought it, of course you did (laughs) at the time that I bought it, it was about 2000 bucks. So I bought this digital thing that doesn't exist in the real world. It's just a picture of a Ram. I'm going to show you a picture of it. It's a picture of a Ram and I paid about 2000 bucks for it. His, so Michaela Maroney is selling her NFT Hers, it's just going to be like a Picasso painting, right? Like somebody will buy a Picasso painting and hang it on their wall, just because they, either they like it or they want people to think right. that they're cool and rich because they have it. So somebody's going to buy a hers for that exact reason, basically collecting it for future value growth. This one that I have is also it's all of that, but it's also a ticket to three conferences that Gary Vee's putting on for the next three years. So it has some tie to the real world. So it
1: actually has real value.
0: So the conference, right, the conference, so this is it. It's this is
1: exactly my... what I expected it to look like. You know what I was envisioning before you showed me this? Uh-huh. Have you ever seen the leprechaun video from Mobile, Alabama? No. You've never seen the leprechaun oh, video uh, the from- Oh, the leprechaun Mo- in the tree? Yes. Yeah. Have you seen the sketch <laughs> yes, of the leprechaun? Yes, yes, that is yes. exactly what I was so envisioning. When you, this is basically a RAM that it's was a... drawn by the same person.
0: <laughs> exactly, it's a RAM version of that <laughs> perfect analogy. Someone should sell that as an NFT. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if that's public domain. Maybe we could sell it and make money off of it. Probably not. All right, so so this has some tie to the real world, which is where I'm about to go with real estate, right? Right. But yes, this is my ticket to three conferences. And the conference apparently is only for people who hold these NFTs. So I bought it for $2,000 and there's this eBay for NFTs, eBay for crypto, it's called OpenSea. I currently, like, as we're sitting here, I have two offers for someone to buy it for $19,000. And I just bought it. That picture? Yes, this picture. I just bu- bought it. Are they buying the tickets or are
1: they buying the picture?
0: Uh, you have to ask Do them. Do you care? You have to ask them that. <laughs> I don't know. And then over the weekend, this past weekend, last week, it got up to like 24000 And I bought it for 2000 like three months ago. And it's just this dumb ram, right? Okay. And it's my ticket to to this conference. All right, I knew you were going to think this was stupid, which is perfect. I love it. I also have this other one that because i was holding the ram they gave away some for free this other project gave away nfts for free it's not coming up i had to pay like 60 dollars to get it here it is it's uh, just this digital picture of a avatar right
1: i mean that's a little bit better
0: it's like decent art yeah uh but i have an offer right now for 520 for that and i bought it for like 60 three days or something okay so the question is that's nfts and i love that you thought that was stupid maybe i can ask i don't you th- th- well i just
1: that. think i can if you screenshot and send that to me, don't I have the exact same thing without the tickets to the conference?
0: No, no, no. And so, right. Well, that's the key. And so this is what I want to ask because you deal with chain of title every day, right? Yes. You have to go and look at this house on main street or this building on main street. You have to go into, again, the air quotes, the official record, which is at the clerk of court in that jurisdiction and find out who actually owns that based on the paperwork of them buying it from this person, then buying it from this person, and then the original person building it, right? That's the basic gist. So this RAM that I have, you right now could go to, and it's a little complicated and I don't understand all the technology, but you could go to the blockchain, find, my, find the address of this piece, this RAM, and see exactly where it originated, how many times it was transferred, what it was sold for, who owns it. And there's absolutely, you know, in theory you could fabricate uh titled documents to a piece of property in the real world, sure. uh forge the documents, you get a dirty lawyer that can do, you know, stuff like that. This is incorruptible. There's no way to forge the ownership of this RAM until there is. There's no way to forge because of the and again, somebody smarter than me would have to explain why but you're, you're that's, you that's you i think you kind of have heard most of this maybe yeah people listening are bored at this point but who cares and some of them have heard of that too so the question is can we do that can i buy my next house with the blockchain or at some point in the in the future is there a way it, from what you know based on both systems do you think that there's ever a possibility that those could come together oh i think
1: they could but i think it it, it would be it would be quite a while before that would come together Okay. Um, the number one problem I see with it is you would have to have a totally different type of expert other than a lawyer reviewing those conveyances, right? So I you guess, have to I mean, have somebody that was familiar with blockchain to review it to go in and track those and track the sales or transfers of the NFT. Yeah, but I mean, I can... Your do that average right lawyer... Right, but your average lawyer is not
0: going to know that. But I think the average person could do it. So would it be... So, would you, okay. But, I mean, I think it's like, it's... Uh, how do you transfer like, through the
1: cryptocurrency? Of- so, how does it get from one person to the next? Because if you're a- buying a house, if you're buying a house with cryptocurrency, that's what you're talking about, right? So, let's say well, the it doesn't house is-
0: necessarily the, the, the money doesn't necessarily have to transfer on the blockchain in this case. like Because right now, if I wanted to, if you had a wallet an Ethereum wallet that could hold an NFT, which is free to create, like you could just go and create one right now. You could send me your address and then I could send you this NFT right now if I wanted to. Okay. And we don't have to actually exchange money. Any money. We don't have to exchange any money. I mean, that would be dumb for me because then I would just give you 19 grand, but you know, so it's like you could. But if you're buying real estate, you have to exchange the money at some point. Right. Which would be, for sure. I mean, I, I agree. with But you could also, you could do that in cash or you could also do that on the blockchain. Yeah. I mean, the problem
1: is, oh, right, at this, the problem now. is at this point, you don't have any, you don't have any laws to regulate it.
0: Right. And you can't verify that money was exchanged. You know, the
1: law says that you have to have, um, I mean, the, it, the property has to be transferred. Um, it has to meet certain form requirements. None of those form requirements include, Blockchain or right. transfers. Well, that's what we have to get rid of. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, I could definitely see in the future that you have when, once this, and I, I think you're right. I think eventually this will become very mainstream cryptocurrency. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think it will. Then, at some point, laws are going to have to be rewritten. I mean, we still have very archaic laws in Louisiana. Mm. Uh, not to say that your form requirements on a cash deed is archaic, but you don't. We don't even docu sign those those documents right now. You can't even electronically sign those at this point. You can't point. electronically sell a house? A cash de- no, you cannot electronic. You, you've you got to come in and sign the cash with deed. ink and sign
0: the cash deed. And you,
1: and you have to sign the mortgage.
0: Interesting. Now, we have
1: remote notary requirements that have came about since COVID, um, which I don't really need to get into, but it still requires someone with preferably a blue pen to come in yeah. and sign those documents, and they can be notarized remotely or uh, via video, but they still have to be wet-signed. So, we haven't even gotten a point where you can sign those yet.
0: Interesting. So, I didn't know that. I thought that you could docusign for uh, everything.
1: Not the deed, not the mortgage, uh, and that some of, those, some of the lenders, most lenders are going to require mortgage and the note to have blue ink on them. Interesting. We can, we can uh, electronically file documents in Lafayette Parish and many other parishes in the state. So... I guess there's really no way for the clerk to know whether I have the original or not, mm. but they will not accept a DocuSign signature mm. on a on so, on, a, on something that's going to be recorded in a mortgage or conveyance record. Right.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, I mean, that's always the huge hurdle. So you'd
1: have to have huge an entirely turtle. new set of laws right. to be written. Which is a pipe dream. And we know that the legislator does like to write laws, so <laughs> that's I true. just don't know that they like to write those kind of laws. Right. Yeah,
0: that would seemingly take a lot of their power away, too. You have a... If you have that.
1: True. Anyways,
0: this, yeah, just a random thought that I wanted to ask. I think, I mean, I could see it. I think it's going to take
1: other states that are more progressive than Louisiana in terms (laughs) of those things to
0: lay out a model before we would ever get there. Right. And we would probably still be last to get there. So, what's, uh, here's an interesting question What is one law, or maybe not a law, but, um, standard in your line of work that is a huge hindrance or that you hate or that's just pointless.
1: That's tough. I have to think about that. That's one you should have given me ahead of time. Okay. If you would have given me that one ahead of time, I could have probably come know, up with, you zero. with a law either not maybe not necessarily in the real estate industry, but I can probably definitely come up one with one and family law or criminal law or personal injury something like that. Um, I always think it's funny. We have a battery in Louisiana. No one no one's going to listen to this shit, Chase. No one get, <laughs> no one cares about this at all. I told but you it doesn't we matter. We have we have <laughs> Are a, you having fun? Tell me about this yeah, stuff. Okay. Perfect. We have a we have a battery in this state. That is uh, an unlawful touching of another person okay. without their consent. So if I hit you I yeah. have without your consent, battery. I've committed a battery. Right. We also have Battery of a police officer, battery of a school bus driver, battery of an official or a referee, uh, all kinds of different types of batteries on specific individuals. And I've never understood why when we have battery. Right. You know, domestic abuse battery, okay, I get that. I understand why we need those specific laws, but battery of all these other people, are they not just batteries?
0: <laughs> right. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. Isn't- I, I,
1: it just... It just adds to our code more laws that yeah. we may we have we have a law that encompasses battery
0: isn't that isn't Louisiana opposite than everyone else too isn't b- assault everywhere else whenever you touch someone but assault in Louisiana you don't have to touch' them?
1: yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure in Louisiana yes in Louisiana, an assault is placing another person in uh imminent fear of receiving a battery so
0: go up and yelling in their face but not touching them is assault
1: ah uh, you got to prove that that person was. Uh, had in fear outlanding. of receiving an actual battery, okay. so yeah. I mean that's very subjective standard. But but I
0: mean like threatening someone, I, I yeah, guess it, like so if I raise my fist up and act like I'm going to hit you, yeah.
1: then I've definitely committed an assault, assault. if I don't hit you.
0: That, yeah, but that, but uh, but uh, anyways, I think I've heard that that was because that doesn't make any sense in other
1: states and an assault
0: in, requires you to touch them. That's what I've heard.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure in at least states. in all of the crime TV shows that I watch it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. CSI New York and the rest of them, but yeah, um,
0: that is that is weird. That yeah, I think that's pretty dumb too. I think like there's a battery spe- specific people when you have battery that covers right everything. But I'm sure that some judge somewhere made some decision that then they created the law because of precedent or something, right?
1: Well, if you batter a referee at a baseball game because or an umpire because yeah. you're upset about his call, right? Can't you just charge that person with battery? Right I mean, you can't batter a referee just like I can't batter you. I get it we, right. you can't you can't just go up and hit somebody, whether it's an umpire or a referee or a stranger on the street, right so <laughs> all
0: right, so tell me I don't know
1: that that's much of a hindrance, It's just more burdens of proof that you have to meet,
0: yeah, and extra laws that are pointless, correct. which could be the definition of all laws, right? pointless, potentially. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, all right, so uh, after college, so what year did you graduate from Louisiana College? We went to Lu- ba- background for people who don't know. We played baseball at Louisiana College for a like year and a half or two years. You're a couple years older than me, and then I transferred out. But you finished at Louisiana College in what year?
1: Finished. I graduated in 2010.
0: Okay, and then went to law school.
1: Went back to Monroe for that was uh, spring or summer of 2010 i didn't start law school until the fall of 2011. so okay. the, the 2010 fall i wasn't enrolled and i worked for i don't know nine or ten months or so Got up it. in monroe doing some marketing and then where did
0: you go to law school
1: at i went to southern university
0: in br in baton rouge nice so what's the i guess i don't know anything about law school so do you go like what did you want to do when you started law school what was your plan I I don't know that I really had necessarily a plan
1: <laughs> other than be a lawyer. Okay. You you already mentioned this whenever we first started. Yep. Like I I I don't I don't feel like I do this anymore. But really? in undergrad and certainly in high school, I had a tendency to argue with mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. teachers specifically. Mm-hmm. So I would get that all the time. I mean, you love to argue you should go to law school. Then I got to law school, got out of law school, became a lawyer, and I'm like I don't really like arguing all day, every day with other attorneys. Mm-hmm. You know, so you hear that all the time. People say, oh, you love to argue, you should go to law school. But there are plenty of lawyers out there that don't sit in their office and argue with people all day. It becomes exhausting at some point, And mm-hmm. it actually becomes much more economical to resolve issues uh, civilly rather than just argue all the time. I guess I started to learn that in my older age. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: so wise. Back in
1: the LC, back in the LC high school days thought it was all about just arguing. Arguing uh, for arguing. But, sake. yeah, I wanted to do trial work, to be in the courtroom, to argue, question yeah. witnesses, cross-examine witnesses. I still love those things. I loved being in the courtroom. I did that for four years uh when I got out. But uh, that's that's pretty – I wanted to do that when I was in law school. I just didn't necessarily know what area. Mm-hmm. Um Thought I wanted to do some family law, some criminal defense, personal injury, just kind of your general practice areas mm-hmm. that most of – uh your everyday practicing attorney are going going to those types of cases that they'll handle.
0: Cool. So, all right. Uh, I'll ask this because I know you'll give me a straight answer. Uh, is is law school super tough? Like, is it real hard to be a lawyer to like get your law degree?
1: I don't think so. Okay. I, I didn't think so, and I still don't.
0: And so the bar, was the bar super hard? Yes. It was super hard? Yes. Okay. Well, give me the quick explanation of what the bar exam actually is let me i'll get i'll give you this
1: quote first from my old boss i clerked at the attorney general's office and worked there once i got out of law school for the first year and my boss there when i was taking the bar or i was waiting to get my bar results i'd taken the bar exam Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he said the bar exam and he had been an attorney for uh, probably 30 years at that point I mean, a long history, a trial lawyer, a criminal lawyer in Orleans Parish, done it all, seen it all in the realm of criminal defense. And he said, bar exam, top three toughest, one of the top three toughest things I've ever done in my life. I don't know what the other two are, but I know that the bar exam is in there. Dang. And I would agree, yes, the bar exam is that bad. I didn't think law school was all that bad at times whenever you're studying for finals. you know. But, I mean, straight answer, you can cruise up until a couple of weeks before finals. Buckle down, study for a few weeks, knock your finals out, right, and then go back to it. So the
0: bar exam is, is it one day or multi-day?
1: It's a week-long three days. So you have a so Monday, Wednesday, Friday with a break in between.
0: And then there's how many? Eight like, hours a day. Eight hours a day of testing. Somewhere. Uh, approximately. Uh, around there, yeah. So you sit down, they give you a sheet, and you go through for eight hours? Electronically. Oh, um, it's electronic. Yeah. Uh,
1: we, it, you, you're typing all your answers on the computer. So, you have, so it's a
0: lot of... Uh, uh, essay answers
1: almost exclusively essay up until about two years before I took it so somewhere in the 2012 2013 they started adding multiple choice to the bar exam Uh, okay I actually hate them most people hate them because we're lawyers if you ask me a question I'd like to be able to explain my answer I may know the rule of law and I may analyze it differently than your multiple choice answers if you only give me one choice it, it just it puts people in a pickle to try to answer multiple-choice hypos on the bar exam. Wouldn't that
0: make everything so much easier if it was just multiple-choice? Why do you have to answer I, an essay?
1: Well, I think they're more difficult to answer because I've got four choices, right? Two of them are probably way outside of what the real answer is. Two of them probably could be the real answer. Um, it may not necessarily be wrong because I pick one and you pick the other,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? I just may come to a different conclusion at the end of my analysis than you did. But the bar exam is really about, do you know the rule of law and do you know how to apply that rule of law to this set of facts? We don't really, they're not necessarily as concerned with the conclusion that you come to because you can go ask 10 lawyers the exact same question and you may get 10 different answers. And the judge may hear a same, one judge may hear the exact same set of facts and come to a different conclusion than the next judge. So multiple choice to me kind of just locks you in, to one answer when i may know all of the things that it requires to get to the conclusion we just may come to a different conclusion so
0: what is so because to me you can
1: tell i'm not a big fan of the multiple choice <laughs> i can portion tell. of the bar exam so
0: did, so is there one correct answer for the multiple choice questions
1: i'm not sure or because can you we don't go back
0: really, after and say actually you told me that d is the correct answer but i think actually c is the correct answer because of this and this
1: i, I mean i never saw I, I saw my bar results just in terms of percentages uh, you don't typically get them. They're not, they just tell you whether you're pass or fail. So you don't get your score. Uh, okay. Um, and you don't get to see the right or wrong answers on the multiple choice. And I think a large portion of that is because some of them will be reused on the next bar exam. So they don't put the answers out. Otherwise, you could just easily memorize the answers right, for right. a multiple choice class. That question. makes
0: sense. That's good. We, got, we need smart people to be lawyers. All right. So the explanation that you just gave on everything was great because while you're telling me this, I'm thinking the whole time, this doesn't this makes me like the legal system less because there's not a clear cut answer to things it's like it's just all the gray areas you're just living in the gray areas for all time which could which i guess could be good because that means that you have to have some proof to why you're coming to the conclusion you have to like explain the process but then also if somebody can have a totally different take on the same exact set of facts then uh it's not, you might not have a very good outcome. That's correct. And a lot, of it, that's, a lot of times you'll hear people when they
1: say you're taking a risk going to trial. That is the reason that you're taking a risk going to trial. So if it's a jury trial, let's just, let's not say it's a jury trial. Let's just say it's a, a bench trial or a judge trial. You may know what a judge's tendencies are, but you don't know how that judge is going to analyze that same set of facts. He may not agree with you he may agree with the other attorney who's come to a different conclusion there's two different sides to look at every single issue right does that make you excited or scared cautious maybe a better word okay because if i have a client that comes in and this is all th- this is not exactly real estate in the real estate questions you are going to have two answers just like that but yeah. you know when i was doing uh just general civil practice and criminal things like that you know you have to make your clients aware Here's how I see it, but let me tell you how it can also be analyzed, and here's a different conclusion, which is not a great result for you. So you have to weigh your risk there and determine whether you want to roll the dice with a judge or a jury, not knowing what conclusion they may come to and knowing that it may be different than my conclusion. That's why they make so many deals outside of court. That is why they make so many deals. That's one of the reasons they make so many deals outside of court. Because you're taking a risk, and you have to mitigate your risk.
0: So if you go to – so I don't know of a good example – per se, but I don't know, just say I go to a trial. Is there always, if the trial, cause I, you know, you hear about appeals and all that stuff. Is there always a way to appeal? Can't you appeal forever until it goes to the Supreme court? And of if you get accepted and that's the final answer, like what if, because if you go in, don't get the answer that you like and you think that it's the wrong conclusion, then of course you're going to try to appeal uh, to get it reevaluated. Is that always an option?
1: Well, the appeal is always an option from a trial court or a district court level. I mean, you'll always have the right to at least appeal once, potentially twice, uh, even if you're appealing to the Louisiana Supreme Court. So let's say you've, got a, you've had a trial, the judge ruled against you, you always have a right to go, and if you're in you know, Lafayette, you're going to go to the Third Circuit Court of Appeal, which is over in Lake Charles. Mm. You have a right to go to the Court of Appeal. And have a three a panel of three judges review your case and decide whether the trial uh, court so was a correct or deal. not. Okay. Yeah, got got panel deal. panel deal. Got it. You have a right to send a writ to the Supreme Court, but they don't all, they don't have to take it. So right, they only okay. take a certain it's number. Like an application. So y- you can't just appeal forever. There is a finite number. Uh, I mean, crafty lawyers come up with ways to appeal new issues and get back into an appeals court mm-hmm. and drag things out for quite a while. But there is a point where we say, okay. There are no more appeals. This is this is just the answer, right? Okay, <laughs> you have so, to accept it.
0: So, if there's, uh, if all that's all that's true, uh, previous to the appeal question, I, whenever you're given the explanation of the different answers and coming to things, so uh, seems like if you're always in that thought process of, you know, here's the facts, but here's the conclusion. Like, what is the motivating piece of that? As a lawyer, is it? the facts motivating you to have an answer? Or is it, how am I going to make these facts come to this conclusion for my client? Or is it, are you trying to find the best conclusion? Like, what exactly is the motivator?
1: Well, I think it's probably a mixture of all those things. Uh, I mean, Any lawyer worth his salt is going to be taking a set of facts and trying to—I don't like to use this word, but it's probably the best term to use—manipulate the law to fit that set of facts. Otherwise, you're doing your client a a disservice if you're Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, most of the motivating is this is the client that came in, and ultimately that client is paying you to represent their best interest. So the motivating factor is to get the best outcome you can with that certain set of facts— you know, with these laws. Okay. Um, the results to the client should be, should be the number one motivating factor. Okay. And that's, that's, that all kind of depends on the type of of case that you're handling. Right. But if somebody comes in and pays me for my legal services, my motivation is to make sure that they get the best outcome they can. You know, it may not be, it may not be the outcome that they walked in and thought they were going to get, but we can still get the best outcome possible.
0: What do you think that most lawyers are, uh, Open-minded or... Is this going to
1: turn into a lawyer bashing podcast? No, no,
0: no, 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 definitely not. I'm just asking questions. How long have we been talking? Oh, it must be on the second... Oh, we've been talking for... It's already twelve eighteen. Wow. I looked over at the recorder and it says nine minutes, 30 seconds. I was like, that can't be right. It's on the next... It's on the uh, next... It does How like... It starts over. It, I don't what know. What does it start over? I don't know. 20, 30 minutes? That's, that's a question for Carl, not for me. Um, I'll ask Carl. I'll, yeah, ask Carl when you see him. All right. <laughs> Do you find that most lawyers are open-minded or hard-nosed on their opinions strong like very strong opinions set in their ways and i ask that because as you're telling me this whole process that the legal mind goes the trained legal mind goes through for facts and outcomes it seems that like on political issues for instance you would be the type as a lawyer you'd be the type of person to understand your conclusion but also understand everyone else's conclusion because you have to think through all of the different possible ways that these facts result in this conclusion. So seems like all lawyers should be 100% open-minded, but they probably not. aren't.
1: No, they're not. And I, I mean, I don't know whether it's most. I have, I have no idea what a percentage of it might be. Uh, you're trained to look at both sides of the argument in law school. That's the whole. That's the whole point of law school. Part of it is teaching teaching you how to think like a lawyer and thinking like a lawyer. In my opinion, maybe people out there may not agree with this, I believe is seeing both sides of the issue or the argument every time. If you're not looking at the counter argument that's coming, then you're not preparing as best you can for whatever case it is. Uh, So I think that, yeah, lawyers should always have an open mind when it comes to these things, because you never know how someone else is going to look at it. I mean, their life experiences, their perspectives may shape the way you know, they view this issue differently than you, and they may be steadfast in their opinion. Just like, you know, I may, I may understand where they're coming from and still disagree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I'm right. Typically, I do think I'm right. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I, I think if, if you would consider that open minded, I think you, you should yeah, yeah. be able to look at things and understand at least where, why the other side is taking the position that they're taking, right, other okay. than just they're being paid by the other by the other (laughs) client
0: some people I mean again I, I only know like one or two lawyers personally like you being one of them and we haven't hung out in years but uh there that there is that whole always that stereotype of like the sleazy lawyer or whatever and doing you know no actual principles but just following the money and things like that but sounds like from experience and training that I mean, people are who people are. Like, everybody's different and everybody is not perfect. But uh, sounds like the training and everything that you go through, the super rigorous training, including the bar, is a good filter. Yeah, to I think it is. To an extent. And I actually, I, I've never,
1: I, I've always had a problem with the stigma, especially since I got into practice and dealt with a lot of other attorneys daily. I think the vast majority of attorneys are you know straight laced they do the right thing, they advocate vigorously for their client. I mean there are plenty of lawyers in the in the profession, yes um that just got a law degree uh, and barely skated by, barely passed the bar and there's plenty of those out there too <laughs> but the the most of the lawyers that I dealt with around here in my daily practice were generally speaking pretty good people uh didn't participate in the the sleazy stuff that you yeah, hear about. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I didn't see it that often. Got it. So it happens. Yeah. It's definitely out there, yeah, but I don't think uh, it's near, um, what, you know, people would have you believe. Right.
0: That, like, uh, uh, like Saul, what's the, I forgot his name, but Saul uh, Goodman. Goodman. That's right. Saul Goodman. good. It's I just all remember, good, man. But, yeah. I watched like the first couple seasons of, uh, of the better call Saul. Yeah. Uh, but then I fell off. Of course, breaking bad was amazing, but,
1: um, he's, uh, He's exactly what people think of that is, generally speaking okay, when they right. think of a lawyer. S- sleazy lawyer. I guy. think that and I think a lot of that <laughs> well yeah, a lot of that comes from they don't see what lawyers do on a daily basis and don't see what the lawyers are doing behind the scenes, mm-hmm. which is always tough trying to explain to someone, you know, what's going on behind the scenes when they're not there witnessing of course. it every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you have to love reading to be a lawyer? Like do you carry around Well, not now because you're doing a different type, but yeah. in civil. Were you carrying around like briefcases and rolling files and just, you like, should. tons of paperwork? You should. I mean, well, of paperwork.
1: Not, I don't know this. Yeah, we carry around a ton of paperwork all the time, um, and you should like reading because laws are ever-changing, and mm-hmm. you need to be reading pretty... Uh, frequently to keep up with the changing laws. They're probably, something's going to change every year that the legislature goes into session, mm-hmm. especially in terms of family law and injury and criminal defense. So you should, yeah, you absolutely should be, we're required to do continuing education, but I mean, part of that is you should be reading uh, the, new, the new laws that are coming out and yeah. what effects that they're going to have. And I mean, let's face it, no lawyer sits there and knows every single law Mm -hmm. so when an issue comes in that you may not be familiar with you you have to go to the case law yeah Yeah. you got to go you got to find the law and then you got to research the case law and see what opinions are out there and see how it's been ruled on so yes in a general practice setting you have to enjoy reading a lot
0: what is your favorite book that you've read ever read or one that had the most impact on you
1: I can tell you the i don't I don't know if it was my favorite one that I've ever read. The one that sucked me in more than any book I've ever read was the Da Vinci Code when it first came out. I remember reading that <laughs> while I was at l c mm. on a road trip i don't we didn't go that far I mean it was probably a five or six hour road trip. can't remember where we were going out to West Texas like mm-hmm. we always did yeah finished it to and from on the road trip with, and that's with, you know how our bus right. trips were. That's with people yelling <laughs> yeah. with, with Laverne yelling in the background, <laughs> put on a movie. Yeah. And the <laughs> terrible movies. yeah. Blazed through that book. It just sucked me in. I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I, I haven't, I've, I don't know that I've ever gone back to it since. And I don't even think the movie's that great, but the <laughs> book sucked me in. Cool. Uh, not really necessarily an impact or anything like that.
0: So do you read more? Do you read often now? Read books often now?
1: Not, uh, not as often as I should, probably, but now the ones that I read are typically based in the industry. Okay, yeah. So, I have The Millionaire Real Estate Agent is a book by Gary Keller. Uh, I read through that from time to time just to understand, you know, from the agent's perspective, you know, what they need and what we can do to help them grow their business. The E-Myth is a really good one. You've probably read E-myth? that one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that one um it's just about building a, about building a business and um it, it really focuses on a franchise model so mcdonald's which is probably the greatest franchise model in history mm-hmm. um just business building those are the types of stuff that i read now cool. yeah. the emyth is fantastic if you haven't read it yeah
0: i'll check it out for sure
1: take a look at it it's yeah. a good one
0: um yeah, I've been trying to read more, too, and read a couple good ones lately. Um, I just read the, which is perfect for lawyer, but never split the difference, that negotiation book. I haven't read it. Uh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's really good. Chris Voss, the FBI negotiator. Um yeah. Do you think that... All right, this is some questions I wanted to ask you. What's the craziest case you worked on? I knew we were going there. Of I course. thought about
1: this on the way, and I... I Actually, this me, is might be some of the stuff that you're gonna want the most, and it might be some of that you might have to edit because we're not
0: editing anything, unless you tell me after that, like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that because now there's legal, like, you're gonna be in legal trouble. <laughs> but anything short of getting you in legal trouble, I'm not trouble. I'm not editing out for sure. We're leaving it in, so I want juicy. I remember you called me as a quick aside. You called me one time uh, as your expert consultant asking me about and not giving details but uh you just asked me like a computer question about if you could do this and something right. could you check your... and
1: see if files on a computer had been opened or if they were just was that what it was that's what it was okay yes. yeah yeah so something like that we actually called in an expert yes for that on a, one really? yeah and and we able he was able to determine that the files had that yes they had been well i i'll just yes, you can determine that- you can determine that. The question that I asked you, you can determine whether files have been opened or did not. Did I
0: answer it right whenever you call me?
1: I think you did, yeah. Nice. If of I remember I correctly.
0: Of course. <laughs> the craziest
1: cases I saw were always in the family law realm. Okay. Of by course. a mile. Of course. I'm trying to think if I can even how I how I'm even going to present this. What
0: do you mean? Like this is I mean, I, because
1: I don't know what what I don't know what parts of it are public knowledge or public record. Well, as long as they
0: can't go back to the as long as they can't and as I'm long not as they saying don't know any, what case it is. It I'm doesn't not matter. saying
1: any names, but yeah, right. If someone around here hears this, they're going to know it is. They're uh, going to know profile? who this person is. It's not
0: high, necessarily high profile, but uh, okay. Uh, well, we don't want to get too sticky, but it would be fun. Also, there's like a hundred people that listen to this. There was a young lady involved
1: in a family law case. Okay. Who, it was a custody, child support, uh, all of those issues, Mm -hmm. who cut her left hand off during the case.
0: The 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 woman? Correct. Her own left hand? Oh, yeah. For what? Like what? Why would she do that?
1: uh i think something the stated reasons were something to do that that was the hand that her wedding ring was on or something like that um so she did it for drama get rid of it as part of the divorce i guess
0: that is insane just did it at her house one day cut off her hand
1: i don't know the details of where it happened and how it happened but yes that That is is the moral of the story yeah i mean that's that's
0: the gist of it wow that's pretty wild so what happened uh like did it work in her favor oh no it did not
1: (laughs) (laughs) without getting into the specifics of the custody arrangement that followed thereafter it did not work in her favor
0: i can only imagine she's never going to see the kid again after that
1: well everyone can be rehabilitated chase let's not
0: i don't believe that's true (laughs) that's a politically correct answer what about these people that say that we shouldn't have prisons we should have rehabilitation facilities that's a good hot, hot button topic. Yeah, hot button. I, I mean,
1: I think that you need a balance for sure because I don't think the prison system does a good job at rehabilitation. And I think there are plenty of people in the prison system that are more than capable of being rehabilitated if they were given the right resources to do so. So,
0: that's a good lawyer answer. Uh, but not, that's what I actually not picking one or the other. <laughs> but that's what I actually
1: believe though. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't think you can answer that as just say we have just nothing but rehabilitation. I think yes, we should the goal of the prison system should always be rehabilitation. Okay. I mean I think the overarching theme that's that's what it should always be. Okay. I mean Because if I, we're maybe. not trying to help I mean, what are we pumping all the money in if we're not trying to help these people be rehabilitated? They're going most of them are going to get out of prison at some point, right?
0: Well it's not all of them, but yeah.
1: Not all of them, but most. The majority of Most people that go guess. to prison are going to get out. Yeah. So what are we spending all the money on the housing for if we're not also going to put money into rehabilitation resources? Mm-hmm. To give them a chance when they get out of prison mm-hmm. rather than just have them come right back.
0: Right. And do the same things over.
1: Right. So, yeah. and I mean, I don't, I don't think you can change, some, change a person. Of course, there has to be a certain level that they want to do on their own. But I don't think you can just change a person by locking them in a cage. Mm-hmm. You can't. So there's got to be, I mean, there's a balance there somewhere mm-hmm. for sure. And, I, yeah, I think there's, there needs to be much more focus on that rehabilitation. Is a
0: huge, uh, that is a huge topic that I don't know much about, but pe- a lot of people talk about it. But one—actually, two things in that realm that I've always had an opinion but then have been rethinking over the past few years. One is the death penalty, which I still don't know what I think about that. But then also the other or the other one is uh, private prisons, and because I'm a huge fan of privatizing everything. Like, I don't think the government should do anything, uh, so— on principle, I would be a huge fan of private prisons, but then over the past few years, you know, I've been reconsidering that thought is like, would the incentives be right on a private prison? Because if they're going to make money, they have to have more prisoners and you don't want to put people in prison to make more money. You want to put them in prison when they break the law. And so who
1: gives them the incentives? Exactly. Typically so that's the what government, I, that's right? A, I think that's interesting, the, yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's a, argument. that's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Who knows the answer to For that? For sure.
1: My, my, Solid answer is much more money and resources would need to be focused on rehabilitation versus just housing yeah. in and out.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean for I sure. think
1: and that's I think that's a humanitarian answer as well. I mean we're all human beings Mm -hmm. so we should we should provide as much help as we can to our fellow humans. so do
0: you think there so is there a point i wouldn't have given you that answer probably a decade ago (laughs) like i said you're so wise uh no you definitely would not you lock them all up and throw away the key uh so is there a point where someone should be thrown in a cage forever and never let out do you think that there's some point
1: oh i'm sure that there are there are individuals out there that can't be rehabilitated
0: okay yeah cool i that's uh, what, i was just that's I'm what uh, sure. i would i would agree but with but does that mean too, we but... shouldn't try uh it depends on what they did i guess
1: yeah i mean I, i'm always a proponent of we should try you shouldn't just you shouldn't just not try yeah yeah mm-hmm. because the person that you don't try on might have been the one that was going to be able to be rehabilitated right so you never know true each person's different
0: um i don't think
1: there's a bright line here's or...
0: an interesting thing that, again i don't know a lot about and it makes sense to me the way that it is currently, but a lot of people are, they get up in arms quickly over it and it relates to prisons and law. So, And if you don't want to answer this like any other question that I ask you, it's totally fine. But uh, I think it happens, may, or where maybe where I've seen most of the news of it is at Angola, but the prisoners out there, they're in prison and then they go and do work or whatever, but they only pay them like a dollar an hour or like $2 an hour or something. Uh, so I guess I guess the question is, are you aware of that? And what is your opinion on that? Because briefly the super opposing side that's been loud on this issue lately that I've seen. And lately, I mean like a few years, it's like, how can you pay them? It's like, they're, they're in slavery basically like doing forced work, uh, for a dollar an hour. It's basically slavery. It's what people would say about it. Of course, my opinion, I'll give you my opinion first. My opinion is they're in prison. So, uh, Maybe you can make a case on they should just be in prison and not do any work, because the extreme side of my thought is if they're in prison, maybe they should do the work for free. They should just be forced to do the work. That probably isn't a great opinion what to What type have. of work are we talking about? Like I, It's not like... Manual what I labor? Understand, strenuous? It's not like out in the sun digging ditches, like in the actual slave times. But it's not... Sitting in an office doing stuff. I mean, I don't know what the work is exactly. I think it was the principle of they're only making a dollar an hour, but I'm saying. But my first opinion on this, and I still don't know my official opinion on it. For people listening, don't hate me. It was like, I mean, they're in prison. Like they're they have a chance to make a dollar an hour, a three dollars an hour. That's great versus them sitting in a cell all day, every day, doing nothing. Or, I mean, isn't that don't they make? Isn't that where license plates are made? Don't they? Isn't that what the angle of prisoners? part of their job is to do that. That's I don't know. outside out of my area of expertise. Okay, me neither. I have no me, idea. Me <laughs> as well. So maybe they, we'll take this whole thing out because I don't know what I'm talking about. But And if you I mean, don't want to answer the question. but
1: I mean, I would think if a person who is in prison has the option to get out of their cell and go work and they want to exercise that option, then by right. all means, exactly. let right. them. Right. Um, I didn't, I, I, I'm not aware of the, the payment or the money scheme okay. or yeah. any of their wages, anything like that. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that that's that's what I'll, that's kind of the. the I s- exact. mean, I think
1: that could be a good answer for you're right, rather than just now, if someone has reasons that they can't be out there and that the manual labor and they, you know, it's right. not. Again, I mean, these people are in prison, but they're not animals. Right. They're not. So if if you can make their time a little bit better while they're there. And have them work at the same time and they want to
0: do that, why not? Right. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm not exactly. Until not it becomes ag- detrimental, then. I wonder know. I wonder if it is forced. Maybe that, because if that's the issue, then that, again, it's like. But again,
1: my disclaimer is, and I, this is a good disclaimer for this entire podcast, <laughs> I don't really watch the news that much anymore. Yes. Yeah, which is like the exact opposite of how I was whenever we were in undergrad together. Right. I was always watching the news. Right. Now I hate turning it on. Right. I mean, it's just about views and eyeballs at this point, right? That's every news anchor out there is trying to get their viewership up.
0: So here's a a related question, and we'll just bank on the prison thing, that we don't have enough information, and especially me, I don't know. We're idiots. I don't know what we're idiots. We don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, So here's a question because I don't watch the air quotes news, but I listen to podcasts and watch a lot of clips on YouTube and like political current events type things so how so do you feel like you're left out if you're not constantly consuming that because currently I'm struggling I need to not constantly consume it because it's so depressing and annoying and all those things but then I'll feel like I'm missing out on stuff or I don't know the latest
1: yeah to an extent I would agree like I can feel like I missed out but if you present me with you know, I may not know exactly what is going on in the news, but if I feel like if you present me with the issue and say, "Hey, this is what's going on," what do you feel about it? I mean, I feel like you or I or any of us, you know, we probably have enough knowledge to at least comment on the subject, right? Like you just did. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, no, I don't think I have to. Fight. If I kept up with the news every day, Chase, I would be a depressed <laughs> individual. Good to know. It's, it's just, it's impossible. And I mean, I yeah. do. I read, like, I'll read Twitter and I'll look at Twitter and see, you know, cuz all the headlines are always tweeted out, you know, mm-hmm. the major news stations are tweeting out headlines and things like that. So, I mean, it's it's good to at least keep up with what's going on, but I know what's going on. It's hard not to know what's going on right now. That's true too. <laughs> you don't really have to look too hard or consume too much to know what's going on. That's and true. And then the more you the more you consume, the worse it's going to be for your state of mind. Okay. I don't I don't know if that's a good answer or not.
0: That's a great answer. Basically, stop doing what I'm doing.
1: I can form my own opinions without watching the without watching and reading the news. But there's a certain extent. You're right. I need to know what's I need to know what's going on. But I know what's going on. Coronavirus.
0: <laughs> that's right. Coronavirus. Do you want to talk about coronavirus?
1: Oh God! I just said we sh- you should stop reading so much of the
0: news. Then <laughs> <You're laughs> you asked me if I want to talk about it. You're right. Um, all right. What is. Uh, so you, you told me before we started, you uh, have been married for three years, and I just found out right before we started that your wife is a lawyer. She is. What kind of law does she do?
1: She does personal injury. Can okay. I give her a plug on this podcast? Of course. She works for Laborde Earls, um, injury attorneys here in Lafayette. Uh, they're a rap- rapidly growing injury firm, too. Um, but yeah, all personal injury. Auto cool. accidents. Um, primary, I would say primarily auto accidents, but workers' compensation, too um slip and falls any any injury got it
0: so what uh due how long, to no
1: fault of the plaintiff
0: right is that like a common thing that sounds like a lawyer line uh not really just, <laughs> it's never
1: their fault uh just wanted to be clear
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh so what is it like uh in your house between two lawyers trying to have a relationship this is the fun, I mean we argue this is the fun question sometimes like <laughs> like
1: lawyers argue we don't I mean we, we talk about do y'all really, here's,
0: here's the question when you argue go back to this but when you argue do y'all ever yell or do you always calmly articulate your points usually one of us just stops and just leaves the argument <laughs> <laughs> like, okay.
1: like I know she's not gonna give in into my point of view and she knows I'm not going to give in into her point of view okay so usually one of us just quits
0: <laughs> all right if that works so how do you resolve it
1: well, are we talking about like serious issues or are we no, just, just arguing like, about a case or something I mean, like that? Just
0: like, cause I, cause y- you know, you're like, if I see a, if to she's a layman, to... you're an expert negotiator. So somebody on the outside looking at two people who are expert negotiators being married, it's like, that's got to, You always have to be arguing about something. right? Like
1: if we're negotiating where we're going to dinner tonight. Yeah.
0: Like how do you even decide that?
1: She typically wins the, she typically <laughs> wins the dinner argument. Okay.
0: <laughs> so you got to pick what fight you're going to fight. Yeah, to Exactly. End. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know that we. I I don't know that our our. I don't know that I, we argue like I would argue with another attorney.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's good.
1: Sometimes, sometimes I'll get into some cross examination mode, try to <laughs> ask her some leading questions <laughs> for fun. It just pisses her off more. It's all clear.
0: Cool. Um. We. It is. uh What time is it? It's twelve forty. No, I was
1: looking, I, I got a text message from her. Actually, it's from her little sister was asking us both last night if we could pick her up from a party. We're in that, we're in that, we're in that state. That's uh, how old we are, Chase. Nice. So she asked <laughs> us last night if we could come get her and a couple of her friends from a party, and uh, I never heard from them, even though I kept my phone on loud all night. And I asked them if they got a ride home at like mm-hmm. midnight last night, mm-hmm. and it's 1240, and she just said yes.
0: It's twelve forty because kids afternoon. wake up at twelve forty in the afternoon. Gosh, that, you man, forget that. <laughs> like, wow, we actually went for a trip last weekend because my wife we're about to have another baby in October. So we went. Congratulations! Thank I didn't you. know that. Yeah, so we went. Uh, we left our baby with grandparents and went on a trip last weekend, like a baby moon or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the Friday night and Saturday night, I stayed up to like two a.m. and then slept till like 11, 10 or eleven, and it was so amazing and then also so weird because you know when you're older and or have kids then you don't sleep past 7 30 or 7 never no. so it was pretty glorious
1: i forget the days when we would like sleep till 11 or 12 o'clock but yeah. i mean all kids that age do it right. pretty much yeah i mean kids are not waking up at 7 o'clock in the morning <laughs> 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 except to go to unless school they have workouts yeah unless they have workouts
0: and then sometimes they sleep through the workouts i did yeah. that once
1: should have slept through less workouts back then Huh? Should have slept through less workouts back then.
0: Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about working out. That's another thing I need some advice on. What's so great about CrossFit? Why do you love it?
1: Am I going to be called part of a cult if I answer this? That was
0: my next question.
1: Uh, How
0: could you be? Like, what kind of seances do you all do after the workouts or whatever?
1: We all – Sit in a circle, light candles, <laughs> um, chant what our scores were to the workout and call each other up. And like, you know, you're given certificates based on how well you did. It's
0: and like then, all timed, right?
1: Yeah, it is all timed. Okay. I'm kidding about the seances and the I certificates. I don't
0: think
1: you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I like the I like the people there. I like the community. I like how, the, the idea of I show up. The workout's already written for me. Uh, I have my, we have a group, uh, I go to 5.30 in the afternoon, typically. Uh, it's usually our same crews there every day. You're working hard, you're sweating, you're getting after it with other people who all have a similar goal of being healthy and being fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a, it's a good, people say that all the time, it's the community, which is what also people say, oh, you're in the CrossFit cult, but I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. All, its I mean, when you get a bunch of people together that are all focusing on the same goals and just trying to get better and better themselves and encouraging one another, and the workouts are hard, they're difficult. So, I mean, if you can, like this morning when I went and I, I do a 40-minute workout, if I can get through that, I mean, most of the most of the stuff that's going to be thrown at me today is probably going to be easier than that. hmm so Has this it's podcast t- been
0: easier than that. No. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> but I like. I mean, I like to. I like to to stay active, to stay fit, try to stay healthy. Do you dodging coronavirus? That's good. Using that
0: as a using that as a a tool. That's good. Got to build an immune system for sure. Uh, have you had COVID yet? I have. Me too. When did you get it? I got it Christmas
1: Day. Oh wow! Of December 2020.
0: 2020. Yeah. Was it bad for
1: you? uh i mean it wasn't that it wasn't that fun i had i mean i had i would they, generally speak or relatively speaking to the rest of the country my symptoms were mild mm. but i still i mean i was pretty sick for a couple days really yeah my fever wasn't too bad but i mean it's just a lack of energy just for exhausted sure. yeah um it lingers and it, even in the workout so even when my 10 days were up or 14 days i don't remember what it was just know this Nobody is my knows. just know my disclaimer <laughs> I quarantined for my required number whatever of days, the required days <laughs> whatever were, it was at the that's time what you did. <laughs> that's how long I quarantined it
0: might be 21 days in a week we yeah. don't know
1: it stayed with me though i mean i would have coughing fits going home from my workouts for probably a month really? after yeah. really it took me a while took yeah. me a while to get i mean I, walking around day to day i was fine yeah yeah but i mean you notice you notice things right i don't think it's anything to play with that's for sure mm-hmm. um, you um okay. going to asked me if i got vaccinated too I, I wasn't going. to. I did but... that as, as as soon as I qualified. Really? <laughs> yes. And I've been around COVID a significant amount since then, and I haven't gotten it. Since. Like with
0: people that mm-hmm. have it,
1: that tested positive after. Oh, okay. But I yeah. didn't. I mean, I didn't know at the time. Yeah.
0: Super spreader events. Probably. Yeah. Of course.
1: I <laughs> Won't say where they were. Here's a question. Or who
0: hosted it? Here's a question. Give me your. We won't go into the hot button thing that you said we sh- That we might. We just. It's fine. We've, we're already talking longer than probably you wanted to. So. No, we're good. But. The masks, though. What's your opinion on? Okay, there's a few different people like. This
1: feels like bait.
0: No, 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 absolutely not. And again, we can cut it out. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like, if you don't want to talk about I'll it, I'll tell you. I'll totally give you fine. my. I'll give you my opinion. People on usually are saying it's either, as with most things, you know, and political air quotes, political arguments. Sure. It's it's either the extreme everyone should wear a mask, mm-hmm. or or the other extreme. This is breaking my freedom. So my question from the legal side this is the more interesting question in my opinion it in your opinion legal or personal either one maybe they're the same government mask mandates business private entity mask mandates like what are the which ones are good you know for lack of a better word good which ones should be in effect at the moment and which ones are legal Another disclaimer: I have not done another enough
1: research on, on the constitutional legalities of the mask mandates. In okay. fact, I've done very little. So this is just going to be off the top of my dome. This is just perfect. My best guess. Okay, I think a private entity can mandate whatever they want as long as it doesn't infringe on certain, you know. Uh, discriminatory aspects for race, religion, things like that. I mean, I think a private entity, if a private business says, in order to come into our business, you must have a mask on, they certainly have a right to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The government is facing a different standard. So it's a public health emergency. So anytime that the government is requiring or, or putting a law in place, requiring something like this that people are going to argue is an infringement upon freedoms or individual liberties, they're typically going to have to show um, why it is necessary. So, and that there are no other, the, there are no other means to accomplish that same goal. So if it's a protection of the public health, then, I mean, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong reason to do it, if the, if that's the stated reason. Does um, the how stated else?
0: reason have to be accurate hold weight
1: i don't know if we know whether it's accurate or not yeah, but on this particular I, topic yes. yeah i mean i just i i would my my feeling is i think masks probably do work at least in some capacity otherwise you wouldn't have doctors in emergency rooms masking up mm-hmm. even prior to covid mm-hmm. otherwise i mean th- that seems pointless for them too so at least in some capacity i think they have to have some beneficial effect what it is i mean I don't know that we'll. I mean, I think it's a difficult thing to study. I don't know that we, if we will know, you know, a concrete answer. This is, yeah. this is what it is. It's
0: tough too. Like, uh, so doctor you, Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say, I'm pretty easy going with it. If a business wants me to put a mask on, I'll throw a mask on. You know, if they don't, and uh, it, the the people that are around me are not comfortable with me with me wearing a mask, then I mean. I'll probably take it off. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty easy going with it. Yeah. If I don't want, I mean, I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. You want me to throw a mask on? I'll throw a mask yeah,
0: on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was. I, uh, and again, it's like it's the whole. It's just not. I don't think it's.
1: I don't think it's a big enough burden on my life to just throw it on. It's just not something that I feel like I need to exert a ton of energy uh, <laughs> on fighting and fighting. Against, Yeah.
0: <laughs> the main question being, uh, again, I've like alluded to it a couple times, and it's fun to kind of throw out random statements about it but the main thing being the government forcing people to wear masks and also forcing businesses to force people to wear masks that's kind of what i that was the yeah the 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 area i was kind of poking at
1: i mean i think most of them if they receive constitutional challenges will probably be upheld Mm. just because of the nature of the public health emergency especially in the state of louisiana right now Mm. that's just my guess
0: got it interesting cool but i could be wrong yeah, just your opinion. That's your yeah. your non-legal opinion. Is that is that the disclaimer that, that you have to
1: that, give? That is definitely a non-legal opinion. Okay, I've done me. zero research on the constitutionality <laughs> of that.
0: Um, can you, as a lawyer, this is a kind of a random question, but currently you're at Florida Lee Title doing things that you mentioned earlier. Can you? And this is less of a que- this is more of a question of can you, not would you, because you wouldn't want to have conflict of interest, of course. But as a lawyer, can you just go practice any type of law at any point once you're a lawyer?
1: Can you or should you? Because I think those are two different answers. Like, can you? For the most part, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can— So am somebody I'm comes trying to, to think you, like, if, if I— There's probably something I'm not thinking of that you—
0: But, like, right now, if I'm accused of murdering someone, can I say, hey, can you represent me? And you could, could you say yes to that and, and pick, take up the case? That depends. The if you're charged with capital murder, I
1: mean, in order to defend a capital case where the death penalty is on the line, you typically have to meet certain other requirements. Okay. So, I mean, if you're charged with, let's say, you're charged with any other of a million crimes that don't involve hit the death run. penalty, hit and run. Yeah, I can go represent you. Got it. Um, the uh, what I was more so thinking of is bankruptcy. Now you have to be admitted to certain courts, right? So if there's a uh, if the the bankruptcy court for Lafayette's the Western District. You have to be admitted to practice in the Western District. That doesn't just come automatically oh, okay. with your with passing the bar. So, I mean, so I,
0: if you're licensed in Louisiana, you still have to get you have to, to, to admitted
1: into the federal courts. Uh, okay. The certain in order to practice in certain federal courts. Could I go do bankruptcy? I could as long as I was admitted to practice in that federal bankruptcy court. Should I? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why not? Because bankruptcy laws, tax laws, some of those other areas are extremely complex, and I'm not an expert in those areas. I'm quick to tell you that I'm not an expert in those areas. Um, I have colleagues that are. I would refer you to them, but I'm not going to get involved in something that I don't feel like uh, I'm adequately equipped to handle. Mm. So so then, and when I'm talking, that's what I'm talking about. You know, uh, bankruptcy or something like that. Those are really kind of specialized areas of yeah. the law but where that's people like tend a, to focus on
0: yeah that's like a you could get there like yeah. if you research for a year sure. and got you know yeah. but it's there's no there's no specific because like a you know if you're a surgeon in something uh actually i don't even know if they have to have different permits and licenses or whatever for different types of surgery like if you're a surgeon you can just cut anybody open i don't know I'm not sure. Who knows? I mean,
1: I know we have a duty to our clients, too. And if I go tell a client, hey, I'm going to represent you in this bankruptcy and I don't know what the hell I'm doing, (laughs) then one, they can sue me for malpractice if I screw something up, and two, they're not getting the best representation that they could. Mm. So I don't recommend it. Family law is an area of the law that people dabble in all the time, Mm. and we focused on it at my old firm significantly. And I would see lawyers come in all the time and handle their, you know, nephew's divorce or niece's divorce, haven't ha- haven't looked at family laws since they were in law school. I mean, that's a complex area too. Mm-hmm. You get into community property partitions and reimbursement claims, and you got to stay up on that kind of stuff. So. Can you? Yeah, you can go handle a divorce if you've never handled a divorce before and you've been a lawyer for twenty years. Should you? I don't think so. Right. Not without. I mean, not without brushing up on it first and making sure you know what you're doing. Right. Or talking to some other lawyer that
0: practices in that area. Right. That makes sense. As a, as at least a resource. The, I know in real estate, like you can, if you get a real estate license, you can just do whatever, like residential or commercial, and just do just, whatever. <laughs> just do any type of thing. There's no yeah. extra. I mean there's some certifications it, and stuff you can get though there right is, yeah yeah, but which mean more than getting a license because it's getting a license is so easy for real estate uh, not compared to being licensed uh what is it called when you have licensure for being a lawyer uh, like when you graduate the bar what's that called you are barred bar just a barred attorney okay yeah. and then disbarred if you get Bar yeah okay. barred
1: in louisiana or barred in the western district or the eastern district if Got it's it. federal court Got yeah it. you're just a barred attorney you know what that actually means no I, this I think I could be wrong. You can Google it if you want to fact check me. That you are able. So whenever you walk into a courtroom, there is the gallery. Okay. Yeah. And then you have. I have the microphone. I'm sure everybody <laughs> heard that. And then you have. Yeah. Uh, basically a bar. Right. And you have to go through the little swinging doors pretty much. And the only people that really are allowed. Now of course witnesses come up and things like right. that. But in order to practice, you have to be able to cross so the, the bar. So
0: when the witnesses cross the bar, they're barred nope, temporarily. They're not barred. For They're a just short witnesses. amount of time? They're just witnesses. Oh, here's a question I do want They're to ask. They're sworn you. in. What is uh, legally, okay, a preliminary question. That may be entirely wrong. so we may have <laughs> I to love edit it. It's a out. great story. No one's going to fact check it. If it's you. wrong, it should be right. That should be right. We'll put that in your, uh, in your law document, Matt Long's law. So, all right, my question uh, can you in any legal case represent yourself as the defendant? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, uh, and then also as the, as the and also as the plaintiff, if you're suing somebody, can you represent yourself at all times? Yeah, you can. You can always represent yourself. Okay, so then my next question, I wasn't sure if there was some at some point. I guess if you're if you're mentally unfit, well, yeah. I mean, I guess we should, I should have said that, but I'm yeah. I'm talking about if you don't other have any that, other. Though. Yeah,
1: okay. I mean, unless you're, yeah, unless you're not
0: competent to. Right, unless you're ruled incompetent. Sure. Uh, incompetent. All right. So then, question is. Uh, is because there's a whole, I don't know how I'm going to ask this question, but it's just a, are you trying to represent yourself in something? No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. But I wouldn't advise it, but you okay. Can. So that's basically my question is like, why would you not? And what is the situation where you could possibly, cause I, and again, I don't have any experience in uh, specific legal matters in the courtroom, but sometimes people have, you know, you hear of people who drown in lawyers fees after they get out of whatever thing. And, and put in i don't know if it's it's like a big hurdle sometimes the legal system and the costs involved where representing yourself would obviously be cheaper but it's definitely inadvisable.
1: cheaper but the it's almost a certainty that you're going to be going up against a lawyer a person trained in the law mm-hmm. and even a bad lawyer is typically better than someone who's just going in to represent themselves at least they have a you know basic knowledge of what the law is mm-hmm. and how the court system operates and, you know, motions and pretrial hearings and things like that, I mean, your average person is not going to be able to draft their pleadings. Uh, I mean, they might be. I'm not saying that there's nobody out there that can represent themselves, but a person who's not trained in the law going up against someone who is trained is always going to be at a disadvantage from the start. Mm. So there are scenarios where I would advise doing it. So if you have... um, Let's say you got a you know little three or four thousand dollar claim against somebody. Well, you're not going to pay a lawyer three thousand dollars to recover three thousand right. dollars. What's the point? So those are the and, ones
0: that are always on TV. When the right, small claims there. court. Okay, I mean, I would yeah. advise you to in that scenario,
1: don't pay me half of what you're going to recover. Just go file in small claims court mm. and represent yourself, because the chances of somebody hiring a lawyer to defend you in small or to defend your claim against them in small claims court is probably not very high either. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's scenarios where yeah, it's it's definitely more economical. But if you're going up against a lawyer, I think you're going to be at a distinct disadvantage. disadvantage from the jump. What's, even a even a ba- even against a a lawyer that's not very good.
0: Mm. Just because they know their way around it. There right. is like it seems super complicated. Okay, my all right. Transitioning a little bit. What's uh what's something recently that you've been very excited or deep into besides CrossFit I mean it could be anything like a movie or... yeah that's what I was that's what I was
1: thinking what have I been I'm re-watching The Wire I've never watched The Wire <laughs> shut the podcast down <laughs> shut the whole thing down <laughs> delete it all
0: never watched it is it still on HBO at the moment Yes. Do get... you have HBO or th- on demand? I right. did. I did have HBO through a friend of mine. We shared the account, you know, l- illegally. Uh, but I think he dropped it. I didn't it. hear that. <laughs> I, I think he dropped it, so I can't. The login doesn't work. What's the? So it's legit. I should watch The Wire.
1: Oh, it, I think it's the best. I think it's the best television series ever made. You yeah. already mentioned Breaking Bad. We can get some t- some Bad's TV good. series. You said this could go anywhere. I'll
0: tell you the greatest series ever made, and hopefully you've seen it, so then you can tell me if The Wire is better. Go. Mad Men.
1: Uh, I've only seen a few episodes. Okay, yeah. So you Do you think Mad Men's play. better than Breaking Bad?
0: Yeah, 100%. Okay. Mad Men's yeah. the best TV show ever created. I haven't watched The Wire. That's speaking of cults. That's like another cult, The Wire. The, oh, yeah. It's I think it's the best TV show that's ever been made. Maybe we should just, just go through the list of cults that you're in. Game of Thrones. Game of the Thrones. Wire. Cult I don't know if Game of Thrones is a cult cuz S- everyone's in that cult. I don't know that other than
1: Flirtily Title and this Lafayette office and CrossFit uh, <laughs> CrossFit Because I have a competition Coming up in October Oh you're competing in it Yeah I'm oh, going to wow. do I'm going to do a competition With a uh, another you... Louisiana college Wildcat John Michael Kidd It's my partner oh,
0: okay. I recently found out That my cousin Maybe Well you probably don't Maybe you My cousin married a guy From Monroe Jake Martin, or I think I see. Hold on, he's from Vidalia, but then he went to school in Monroe. They live up in West Monroe now. But he's really good friends with Kid. So the other day, he's on his Instagram story, and I'm like, "Hey, it's it's Kid." So I messaged him. Anyways, great guy, John Michael Kid. Go Cats! Go Cats! So he's competing against you or with you? How with do... teams of two. Oh, teams. Of There's two. a lot of different divisions. I mean, is you it like do weight class? T- like, how does it even work? There's just
1: what's called RX, which means you have to do every single workout. It's it's the heavier weights, the more difficult movements. And then there's intermediate, which is a little bit scaled, less weights, not as difficult movements.
0: And there's men's and women's? Men's
1: and women's. And there's two? There's, there's co-ed, there's, met, there's mm-hmm. co-ed teams, there's men's teams, there's women's teams.
0: And it's all whoever finishes first?
1: Yeah, well, there's three. There's, I think, three. Uh, I don't. This is my first one, so uh, we'll see. But nice. I think the way this one's laid out is there's three different workouts throughout the day. Oh, and then okay. your aggregate of how you finish in all of those is where you place. Are you gonna we win? will not well we may finish last.
0: <laughs> How many teams are there going to be? I don't know. Uh, we uh, may
1: finish last. So that's got a lot of my focus. That and this office that you're sitting in right now pretty yeah. much have all of my focus right now.
0: Cool. And the wire. And golf. Right, golf, which we almost did. We almost played around today, which I think would have been fun, but We also- should have.
1: We, it's not too late. I have it my clubs in my car. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. I don't have any clubs. And I go everywhere. Jeans. They go everywhere with me. We should go to the driving range for Well, we're going to try to eat lunch and then get back, but there's a driving range like a quarter mile right there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, we might be doing that then. Um Oh, what was I? What well, I was about to ask you another question. Oh, the golf. So, how many times do you play a week?
1: Is my boss going to listen to this?
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? Your part—you got to do business development. I almost said that I, uh, earlier. You don't even work; you just do lunches and golf. That's what, like, yeah. There's a clients. lot of people
1: around here do play golf, and it's—I an, mean—it's an easy way to network. I don't play that. I don't play nearly as much as I would like to. I, I try to play once a week, but it's usually on the weekends. Okay. I don't know if I'll play this weekend.
0: You can tell me how much you actually play once, once a week. We stop recording it. But once a week, if I play once, no, a, you can tell me later. It's fine. You don't have to tell me that. We'll see. <laughs> Your wife is also listening. So. So she, she she would tell she you way more than once a week. <laughs> it's every day, Matthew. <laughs> uh, anything else? And There's got to be like, what's the last argument you've been in? What's no, no, better question. Better question. What's the last thing that you've felt passionately about that someone almost offended you because they thought differently?
1: I mean... How deep are we? How deep are we getting in this podcast? Open ended. I don't know. I may have to come back to that one.
0: Okay. A good question is, what's the? Last? I don't know that
1: I've been really uh, in a heated argument lately. Maybe I should get in one today. Maybe we should. This is like Fight Club, right? It's like that. Fight Club is like your homework. Just go out and get in an argument (laughs) today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the? Okay. I was gonna ask also. What was the last uh, thing that you and Sparky and Barrett argued about? Because it seems like y'all talk all the time, right?
1: No, we don't. Uh, Only when something pops up. Like Uh, this. I don't know what we argued about the last time. If I could scroll through my text messages, I might could figure it out. No, we don't really. We don't really argue all that much. I'm not gonna tell you I'm not gonna tell you who it is. no one literally no one is gonna care about this <laughs> but that there there is a former l. c cat that we played ball with that's usually the topic of our conversations really <laughs> yeah okay nice so typically you can tell me after I'll tell you yeah. after all typically right. not arguing about him Got just it. uh
0: <laughs> yes uh what's the uh what's your this is a interesting question on multiple fronts for me again who cares about the people listening uh i care about you you're amazing people what's your this like, may be
1: your least listened to downloaded podcast absolutely not
0: what's your like 20-year plan for because this is uh, from what i understand what i've gathered you're this is kind of independent what you're doing at Florida Lee, it's like you're in Florida Lee, but you're running the show pretty much. Well, only you're, in this office. So that's what I, I mean, mean.
1: Yeah, we still, we're it's all still really under one big umbrella, one big Florida Lee team. But I mean, you kind of are just growing, kind of this, this market, yeah, right? Each yeah, yeah. each office is kind of sp- set up to operate in that market. So uh,
0: and what and when I asked that like twenty year plan for not just this, like I mean, do you want to like. uh I don't know buy an apartment complex or do you want to travel to China or like you know stuff like that
1: I want a house in Rosemary Beach
0: Rosemary Beach in 20 years where's that
1: it's uh is that close to like 30a or something it's it's 30a yeah okay, okay. almost almost really almost to Panama uh, but yeah I want a house in 30a hopefully we expand this market not only in the Lafayette market but uh, beyond Lafayette Lake Charles Alexandria as far as we can expand, we have offices everywhere mm-hmm. um, and help those markets grow as well and hopefully get to the point where I'm just managing other offices. Right. Cool. So that was, that's, that's the goal anyways.
0: Managing attorneys. Whew.
1: Managing attorneys, yeah. Right. Making sure that uh, all this stuff runs as smoothly as possible.
0: Do you have a mini Matt Long? no 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 kids nope no kids no kids at all no kids okay as of yet uh no plan no plan to at the moment yeah eventually cool that's what I was mean that's what I meant like 20 years from now you will have a kid or two I have a
1: feel yeah I'm sure I want to be yeah I'm sure uh I'm sure they will be he (laughs) or she will be mini me which is terrifying (laughs) maybe I shouldn't
0: it's uh yeah it's awesome it is terrifying but awesome
1: I don't know that there should be another me walking around. I can, yeah, <laughs> I can
0: make that argument. Maybe no, there should be. <laughs> cool. All right, I won't berate you anymore uh, with questions. You should—that's that should have been a thing that we did. Was you ask me questions, so then I can, like, now that I'm thinking about it, that might have been kind of cool. I was gonna ask you I've give been, a topic and then see how you ask, ask questions against the topic. Like, I was
1: gonna ask you questions.
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: I wanted my question was gonna be with regard to the knives do you make knives
0: no I don't sell them
1: do you, you sell knives yeah so like buy and sell like buy and, buy and, and resell or yeah, somebody yeah. make them for you
0: so the I originally got into it
1: and don't answer this but have you cut anybody
0: with your knives myself a bunch <laughs> yeah uh, occupational hazard anybody else I don't think I've cut anybody else with a knife I mean if I did it was 100% accidental <laughs> And at, my, at no fault of my own, is that the answer? Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, so I originally originally got into it because a friend of mine had a relationship with the knife maker in South Africa and had worked with them for a few years on basically helping them get into the American market and find dealers and all that. And then I ended up making a website for them. Then from there, him and his brother primarily led the charge on creating a company that helps South African knife makers sell their knives in america so marketing buying and selling there selling them here setting up dealers like all that stuff so the better way to describe it is helping south african knife makers sell in the american market and still still going on um but yeah so we and that was i got to go over there a few years ago too we went to a knife show and bought it like 40 grand worth of knives which was pretty cool nice and uh went to, got to go hunting and uh meet some knife makers and all that stuff and where are those knives sold?
1: Are they are they just retailed in your regular shops, or are they typically being sh- sold at knife shows around Both. the country? Both. Like we did. Before, How do I get one? Where would I go to buy one?
0: Oh, AfricanCustomKnives.com.
1: Outside of the internet, where would, oh. what would be a brick and mortar that I could go to to buy one? I have to, to look see. At
0: uh, I mean, it, it depends. Like the the thing is with all of the knives that we were making or selling, not making, were custom made by the knife makers. So somebody in a shop making the knife not a production facility making 50,000 at once. So, it's a very small number of knives, right? So, um, I'd have to see if there's actually anybody in Lafayette that sells knives. There's a couple, like, buoys in Baton Rouge. They carry some African knives. And then, before COVID, we were doing, like, eight or nine shows a year, uh, going to knife show, like, Blade Show in Atlanta. Actually, just happened in June. It's the biggest knife show in the world. They had another blade show. They have other things like that where we go and set up and display these knife makers' knives. And then people would buy them at the show. Or dealers would say, I want these and set up an order and that sort of thing. But if you want to buy one, you could set up an appointment in Baton Rouge and go look at 50 of them. My next and last question about the knives. Okay. What are people
1: doing with them?
0: Do they just collect them to put in cases? No. Or are they for everyday carry? All the above, yeah. Like this knife right here, I bought when I was in South Africa from the knife maker at his table at the knife show. And so that knife, he created the model and he made that knife in his workshop. uh, And I bought it from him at the table. That's like a, a, I think I paid like 500 bucks for that. But that particular one is, I carry that all the time. How do you close it? There's a, on the inside... Push that. Push that thing to the side. It's incredibly light. Yeah. So, but there's like so that one I carry every day, and I'll cut stuff with it. I'll cut my steak with it if the if the knife at the restaurant sucks, like you know whatever. And uh, just rugged. Yeah, for sure. It's an everyday carry knife. But there is some that have you know pearl on them and like these exotic materials and stuff, and the blade is Damascus or whatever. And some people will just collect them or. Or only wear them in their dress pants, like, for dinner out or something and not use them ever. It just depends. You can do whatever, you know, you want with them. It's the not same, exactly. It's the <laughs> same thing as anything else. You can't do whatever you want with them. You but. really can't. I mean, and the cool thing is, like, a lot of people think, I know this, again, we're boring people with knife talk, knife, knife talk but you know, you, people think like you need a pocket knife, you go to Walmart and get a $20 knife, but that's like the worst kind of knife you can get because number one, you don't care about it because it's only 20 bucks. Number two, it's gonna suck because the quality is terrible and it's made in China. Uh, But you buy something like this, like I spent a lot of money on this, so I'm not gonna lose it. I spent $500, like I would not lose $500 in my wallet. Yeah. You know, somebody would have to steal it. Like I'm not gonna lose this knife. And then also it's incredibly, like it's super well made super sharp at not at the moment I have to sharpen it every once in a while cause I use it but uh, but I can use it for whatever and then it's also got a lifetime warranty so if something happens I can send it back to the guy and he'll fix it pretty cool yeah I know that was way more info than you wanted about knives it's way more info than anyone wants about knives
1: last question have you ever heard of a restaurant called Market Eats Market Eats yeah no we should go there is that where we're gonna go yeah
0: alright Well, we should, we should go now then the uh You know how I think I've done this one other time, but you you, you get to the end of a podcast and it's like, it was like we just started.
1: That was pretty quick. Yeah. I don't even know what I said.
0: And it was, I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes, hour and 50 minutes, 30, 40 minutes.
1: Interesting. Do you think anyone's going to make it this far?
0: (laughs) If you made it this far. Instagram message me and tell me or text me that you made it this far, and I'll have a special gift for you. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll send something if you made I'll it this send far.
0: A picture of Matt Long with his shirt off.
1: No one wants. <laughs> did, did, no one's going to get this far. There, right
0: now, now no one's going to message me. <laughs> Just your wife. <laughs> Actually, is she? Would she even want that picture? Probably not. No, I'm kidding. Uh, cool. Thanks so much, Matt Long, for letting me hang out hang out with you on a Saturday. That was very
1: enjoyable for yeah. my first podcast. In your office.
0: That was your first podcast. First podcast. Wow.
1: Did you tell the you didn't tell our listeners that we uh we had done some radio we had a bit oh, of radio yeah. history before
0: we do have history yeah we had a the LC power Just keep hour. them on the hook as
1: long as we can here <laughs> you gotta got to make it to this part too <laughs> you have to make it to this part to get the the special gift
0: yeah thanks to uh Jordan Meisner for uh shout out to him he had our we had our LC power hour at weekly at the lc radio station which was the greatest you know what i should i should play proud to be an american right now as we ultra you should i I might do that i might not (laughs) cool thanks dude
1: all right bye love you guys
0: bye bye thank you for listening to this episode um as we finished out at the end of the episode if you made it this far just go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back uh i really love this conversation with matt long again thank you so much Uh, Maddie for hanging out with me really appreciate it and thank you for downloading this episode please share it if you liked it go hit up Matt Long on Instagram and tell him how much you want to see him with his shirt off the CrossFit is really paying off for him go look up Fertile title and if you're looking to buy or sell real estate definitely consider using them Uh, especially Maddie he can take care of you whether and you're in whether you're in Lafayette or Baton Rouge, or I guess technically anywhere in the state of Louisiana. Possibly other states, too. So uh, hit him up. Thanks again for listening. See you on the next one. no doubt I love this God bless the you.